0: The problem with stereotypes is not that they are untrue, but that they are incomplete. That quote comes from a TED talk called The Danger of a Single Story by African author Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, and it gets to the heart of our podcast today. Can you know someone by their stereotype? Can you guess their history, their philosophy? Can you guess their vote? As with every episode of The Listening Tour, today we've included the stories of at least two varied American viewpoints that led them to vote however they did on November 8, 2016. Today we'll hear from two men, one who voted for Donald Trump, and one who voted for Hillary Clinton. Our first story is that of John. John is a white, middle-aged man from a large, pleasant city in the Midwest. He has recently married for the second time and has four children. John is not his real name.
1: Um, let's go anonymous.
0: <laughs> Despite wanting to withhold his name, John was very forthcoming. And he was, in fact, one of the first to volunteer his story for our interviews.
1: I'm a lifelong Republican, proud to be one. Um, I was raised in a Republican household. Parents were Republicans, I would say, marginally active. Um, discussions typically led around the, um, elections. I, you know, my prime memory is some involvement discussion, um, for Nixon's impeachment. Um, the, then Gerald Ford, uh, Jimmy Carter was probably the first election that I was aware and monitored. And then, um, the Reagan election in 80 was, was the first one that I actively, um, Tracked and followed uh, the first time I was able to vote um, was very excited, um, so kind of felt like I was you know becoming a member of the the real society. Um, you know eighteen is kind of a coming to age type thing, and yes, I was excited to do that. I was able to vote in eighty four you know that was uh, the Reagan era. Um, he was to me a a um, interesting um, president. Uh, was one that I supported. And then that year was pretty much a, a blowout. So um, <laughs> it was um, nice to be on the winning side that, that first year and, and pretty much in a landslide.
0: While John does consider himself a strong fiscal Republican, there was one year in his youth when he actually saw it change.
1: I did vote um, for Ross Perot. Um, I was a business major coming out of college economics uh, were very interesting. So to me, I was real focused on just the mechanics of the economy um, versus what I would call the politics side. But, you know, from my view, he was a um, republican s, um, And even to this day is the taking a stance solely because of your party, literally opposing an idea because it came from the other side of the aisle, um, to me is totally ludicrous. And that's where kind of that you know get a businessman type in there that can you we'll know, make a decision based on the decision versus who came up with it was kind of my reasoning or my my background to um,
0: go for the parole vote. So when the 2016 election came around, John was again intrigued by the possibility of a strong business leader.
1: I was initially drawn to that, that same outsider support. Um, actually, I was most excited after the first debate of Carly Fiorino and coming in with a business mindset. was excited about her initially, and obviously she um, kind of lost momentum, if you will. Um, so I did initially start thinking, you know, maybe Donald Trump, but the problem is I've never viewed him as really a businessman. But again, I still sided to that over what I would say um, incumbency, Washington-esque, the Democratic side, I mean, can't get much more ingrained than the wife of a former president and Secretary of State.
0: It's here that I'm going to pause John's story and introduce our second interview.
2: My name is Randy, and I grew up in Texas. Um, I came from a military family, and uh, I now reside in the southeast.
0: Randy is the proud grandson of immigrants
2: i'm mexican um my my grandparents came from Mexico, from Mexico City, and uh, my uh, grandfather, on my dad's side, had a business. He was a businessman. He had a, a record store and he had a convenience store. Um, so he, you know, he was able to do quite well. He had a large family of fourteen children. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away uh, quite young, and left, you know, the family uh, without any type of means. So it kind of just went their own ways. And my dad was younger. Um, He was able to benefit from having support from his older sisters. And they really, you know, got behind my dad. And my dad was able to focus on school. And, you know, he went off and joined the military and got his college education. My dad and I both served in the Army. We had kind of like similar paths uh, in our career because, you know, we both joined as enlisted. We both went to OCS and became officers, officer candidate school. You know, we uh, got our college education during our adult years. Uh, you know, he did two tours in, in Vietnam, and I did two tours, and all right.
0: Randy says all of his worldviews, personal, religious, and political, have been heavily influenced by his family.
2: My birth mother passed away when I was four. My dad remarried uh, right before I was six. And in between that time, you know, it, we became close to our cousins and my family. And with that, I began to see these differences. Uh, my dad was the first to graduate college, and um, you know he was able to provide more for us. And it was different to see that when I was growing up with my cousins um, in that regard. And continually as our lives have gone even forward, my life has been different. Um, I've seen my cousins struggle, and but yet they've always been very proud, and they've always been hardworking. Uh, it has driven me to utilize. The gifts that I've had, and uh, to work also hard, and to honor what my dad has done for our family, and then also like I said I really got into also my Christian faith uh, definitely by my high school years, and really continue
0: that. Today, Randy is a married public servant with a family.
2: I'm actually one of the first in my family uh, to marry outside the race, uh, so I, I have a you know a Caucasian white spouse now, and. My wife and I politically are are aligned uh, definitely. We're not divided in, in the house
0: at all. And Randy says he lives his vote through his involvement with his community.
2: I'm very involved uh, uh, in, in my community. I volunteer uh, heavily. Uh, you know, as a part of the PTA, and and as served as vice president of the PTA for my children's school. I, I am very much involved in my church. You know, I'm on the council there. I, I give the charities too as well. I, I make it a point. But for me, most of all, I think it's important for my children to have three children. Um, you know, I have a, an older daughter, two uh, younger sons, and I think it's important for them to see that, you know, we're all going to be busy in our lives, but we have to balance that and we have to be able to give back. And I'm always leveraging, uh, communicating the, the, the spiritual side of it. What we're doing is that, you know, we need to get back to our community. We're blessed. We have a lot of things that we do. I'm not wealthy, uh, but I definitely am. Uh, um, I know I am above par, and I know I'm blessed. I know I'm I'm very, very fortunate to have the things that I have. So I do want to give back. So I do live my vote, and I talk about it all the time. You know, my my kids know the Pledge of Allegiance. They, um, you know, um, they know that, you know, I served in the military and why I served, and I love our country.
0: So there they are. John, a white, middle-aged businessman from middle America, and Randy, grandson of Mexican immigrants, a military veteran and public servant living on the East Coast, Maybe you see where this is going. Maybe not. Let's hear some more from John about that time he voted for Ross Perot.
1: Then the other time I (laughs) did not vote Republican was when the Republican candidate ran on that same exact platform of of change, uh, outsider type mentality. Um, So this that was um, this most recent election. I did not vote for um, President-elect Trump. I voted for um, Senator Clinton. If I would say one of the other candidate Republican candidates would have been nominated, I would have probably most likely voted against. But when those were my two main options, I see entertainer lack of uh, readiness, and you know I was willing to go status quo, if you will, versus the disruptor vote, just because I thought the disruptor vote was so um, unprepared and um, the wrong person for the job. So that's what led me to the
0: Democratic vote. John recognizes that these days, not all of his values fall in line with those of his party.
1: My wife has described me as a financially conservative, uh, more socially moderate. You know, I I like the movement where we've gone, the acceptance, the inclusion. But fiscally, I I do think that, you know, the government doesn't run things better than private industry. I know there's obviously the need for regulation and, and control. So I support that, but I would definitely swing to uh, more pro-business. And again, it's more my dislike for both parties.
0: John also acknowledges that his new marriage may have lent new insights to his vote, since his wife is...
1: Definitely an individual from the other side of the aisle, if you will. There were areas that that opened my eyes. Um, Very good debater, um, very... (laughs) Um, strong in beliefs and opinions. Um, so I can't say, you know, why, but yes, I think there was some influence there. Um, we do have debate in certain areas. But uh, again, if there would have been a stronger Republican candidate, I likely would have still voted my party um, in opposition to what my wife would have likely voted.
0: <laughs> On the other hand, Randy, a religious conservative Republican, was very interested in change.
2: He's lived his life not as a politician, but as a um a reality star, and so he's going to say and do things. I think he's wired to do and say things that are controversial for ratings. He's not trying to be a politician, you know he didn't want to be president uh you know he thought he's going to be doing it because he felt compelled and so that actually was the kind of the draw that made me support Trump or at least give him a chance and and then another thing that drew me towards Trump, you know is that I was just tired of having the Bush Clinton you know revolving door. Um, You know, we needed something different, something new.
0: But Randy didn't vote for Trump out of simple novelty.
2: We lost our prominence in the international world. I, I don't think we were respected at all. And I feared for that. I feared for our country. I feared for my children. I think it's difficult for anyone. I mean, if you look at an individual, and I saw people that I traveled throughout the world, uh, you know, you can't, you can't even begin to, you know, get your children educated or have a decent meal. It's happening right now in the Levant. You know, I mean, it's just basic security fear uh, to live day to day. You're never going to prosper. And you know, because I think we do have a responsibility to continue to help. I don't believe in the isolation. It's not going to work. You know, what President Wilson approved that. I would like to see our country become secure, and that's the biggest thing that I, I, I feel that uh, Trump is going to do. And I think he's bringing that to bear with his nominations, too, as well.
0: Randy's family's history also played a role in shaping his 2016 vote.
2: So my grandparents, my grandfather, did uh, immigrate legally to the United States. But I think people should come here legally. I think that's just one thing. we always believed, you know, proper immigration, proper doing things right. Uh, but what really concerns me is that, you know, the children that are, that are affected, that, you know, they're basically victims because their parents chose to come illegally. Who are not able to, you know, pursue a college education because they don't qualify for financial aid. Um, You know, they seem lost, and they're some brilliant,
0: brilliant kids. Did you guess all that? Did you see it coming? Or did you think you knew these two men from their incomplete stories? We are none of us one thing, one story, one vote. Even now, Randy and John both harbor some surprises.
2: Despite me being a Republican and conservative, you know, I never, I mean, I never went on this bandwagon about, you know, disliking President Obama. I never thought President Obama was a bad person. In fact, you know, I think he got a, a, a raw deal with the, you know, the, the hardline politicians in, in, in D.C., and everybody gave him a chance to prosper.
0: And John still has hope for this administration.
1: On the news this morning, talking about the new Exxon guy, the CEO, being named Secretary of State, I guess I'm hopeful that he will be able to be what I've always kind of anticipated as a businessman jumping into a government entity and running like a business and improving it.
0: Getting to know someone is not a zero-sum game. And when it comes to community, neither is politics. Yet it's all too easy to take a win-or-lose stance, even with people we know.
2: You know where I live is is staunchly Democrat and liberal, and people know my background, and I'm open about it. They know. but yeah, I feel like I'm an outcast out here. <laughs> you know, I don't have the political conversations that I think my friends would have with one another. Yeah, I just don't want to get into that. I don't want it to. I don't want it to affect, <laughs> you know, um, my relationships here.
0: We feel you, Randy. And we've reached the end of another episode of The Listening Tour. Our thanks go to both John and Randy for their time, their honesty, and their stories. Our theme music was composed and produced by Melissa Engelman. The Listening Tour podcast can be found on iTunes and at thelisteningtour.net. There you'll find a link to author Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie's full TED Talk, The Danger of a Single Story. If you'd like to share your story, write us an email to stories at thelisteningtour.net. You can also write to us when you like our Facebook page or when you find us on Twitter. We're at listening underscore tour. Until next time, I'm your host Phoebe Zimmerman on the listening tour.